Hey. Hi. Hey. Hi. Hey. This is the uh, 13th edition, the Baker's Dozen edition of the uh, Win-Win Situation podcast. It's also the Twilight edition because, uh, you know, we delayed uh, production for a day because of, you know, we've just been really busy and uh, uh, it's, by the time, you know, at the moment, it's Monday evening. So this is the latest we've laid something down. Yeah, we've got some updates for you for all of those dying to hear about what we've been up to i've uh went back to a restaurant that i had been working at called earthwood and fire and i'm happy to be back i'm i'm on as a server which is what i had been uh trying for for a while and then i moved up then covid happened and then I wasn't really needed anymore because everything was just takeout for a while. And then this summer came around and, well, I thought I would be able to do delivery stuff, but things didn't quite go as planned. But luckily, or by the grace of God, I've kept busy with odd jobs, a lot of yard work stuff. Uh, I figure that it's good to be back at the restaurant and have something steady going on during school and into the winter time to make money yep let's hope it stays steady too because there's rumblings in the wind about another lockdown just pray it doesn't happen and uh i really hope it doesn't happen but uh, we got all kinds of stuff for you tonight uh i think at you know at first at first glance we're gonna be uh we're gonna be stuck in traffic Yeah. 
Man
Kansas. What's this song? Disappearing Skin Type Blues from their 2000 album. 2000? This album's 21 years old. Sounds timeless. Um, Disappearing Skin Type Blues. If you read the lyrics clearly, it's about dying. It's a great song. It really is. It, uh, I'm going to shed the skin and disappear. Hmm. Yeah. Shedding the mortal coil, in other words. Great album. Uh, featuring uh, Carrie Levergren, obviously. Dave Hope. Uh, Steve Walsh, who's been their vocalist all along. Or was their vocalist all along. Robbie Steinhardt, who unfortunately passed away a couple weeks ago. But such a good album. Great album. Before that, Spock's Beard from their album Five. That was also made in two thousand or uh, released in two thousand. I mean, that's right. And I when they re, when they uh, toured to support the album, they played at a place called Jack's down in Springfield, Virginia. And I went down with Mr. Brown and someone else who will remain nameless at this point, but uh, to protect the innocent. But uh, uh, great album. It's a shorter song on the record, I think, uh, but um, it has a really good Beatle edge to it, I think. Um, shortest song at six minutes. Yes, yes, and everything else is epics, nothing but effing epics, as Portnoy would say. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, about it, it, the work with Transatlantic. Mm-hmm. And we opened the set with uh, Papers, Paper Sun, I think, from Traffic. Mm hmm. It was an A-side to a single back in 1968. Don't know specifically what album it's on, but it was written by Steve Winwood and Jim Capaldi. So I guess this might have been uh, Winwood's work post um, oh, post. Uh, uh, I've lost my mind here, Nicholas. I'm a man. Oh, Spencer Davis, post-Spencer Davis group. Oh. Yeah, so uh, they did a song called I'm a Man, which is a staple in pop music, and it was given a real scorching cover by Chicago in their first album. So That's that's so interesting how Steve Winwood already made a name for himself by 1968. Yeah, in 69 he did an album with Eric Clapton, Rick Grech, and Ginger Baker. As a super group called Blind Faith and uh, another classic. Yeah. You know, if it's in our collection and we have it, you'll probably hear it eventually. There's so much to get dig through. Certainly. And what I've what I've got to dig through for this next segment, uh, I'm going to start it off with a band called uh, the Dodos. And the Go Go's. No, almost. The Dodos. The Dodos? Yeah, the I thought dodos. they were extinct. Maybe. I don't know much about Dodos the animal. Uh, I know that Dodo is like a little account on Instagram that you share a lot of uh, animal Oh, the Dodo, with, yeah, yeah the, 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 especially the doggy stuff. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, we, he, sends, he sends these uh, cute videos to uh, a little family group chat yep. that we have. Yep. Yeah, but yet between me, you, and my mom and sister. Yep, I like sharing story, happy stories about uh, dogs and other animals that have been seemingly been abandoned and and sheltered for years, 
uh, finally finding homes I just I just really like that stuff so if you're looking for a dog please go to a local pound and find yourself a furry friend and mm. take it home mm. once you pass the uh, criteria yep and although this dodo song is called goodbyes and endings if you go to a shelter and pick up a dog it could be hellos and beginnings that's true so let's spin some dodos
Of that one, yeah, yeah, that one was that was great. Yeah, that was from the personal collection of Mr. Carl Filipiak. Yeah, it was. He, well, I interviewed him for a history of jazz project last fall, and at the end of the interview, he gave me this CD. It's very nice. He made it with one of his jazz guitar students named Randy Runyon, and. Uh, he was, I guess he was so good that Mr. Carl Filipiak wanted to make an album with him. Was Randy running the uh, guy from Loyola Blakefield? He's a young kid, right? Uh, at the time of this, uh, at the time of the album, yeah. I think this album was 2006 or 2007. That's great. Yeah, it was fantastic. And it's a great piece. Yeah, uh, so it's a, it's actually Solar. It's a Miles Davis piece, and it was um, you know redone, covered for these rearranged or arranged for guitar and so on. Yep. So and, uh, Randy Runyon and Carl Filipiak aforementioned, and Todd Harrison on drums with Steve Zerlin on the bass. Yeah, Steve's uh, plays with the uh, Carl Filipiak uh, Cool Jazz Quartet. Uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to see them soon at Costas 
yeah. if they ever start live music again. Hmm. Well, it was always so nice going over there. It was always a real treat, and uh, it's great music as well. Food too, good food. Oh yeah, That's yeah. Can't, can't forget the food at Costas. Yeah, always. I don't think I would touch a crab cake with a ten foot pole with as expensive as they've got. But you know, the restaurants are making making them differently. I mean, you know, you. To keep them accessible, you got to mix the various types of crab meat together instead of jumbo lump. And I'm sure they're doing their very best to offer what they can at a reasonable price. Yeah. They got some good shrimp there. Good steamed shrimp. shrimp. Yep. Good jambalaya, good steaks. Everything's got, hospitality is the best there. Yeah. The best, Dad. The best. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So. What do you got? Well, it's like I can throw all these CDs up in the air and try to do a juggling act, but I'm not going to. I uh, got a, a Johnny Cash cut, but it's not really. It is Johnny Cash, but some uh, remixing of uh, of um, a tune. Uh, Peter Hamill covering a 1930 Jerome Kern, Oscar Hammerstein piece, and. Uh, a French outfit called uh, Caravan Palace. They kind of uh, reinvented, uh, not reinvented, but they've brought tech swing to the fore. So here we go. I am a pilgrim and a stranger traveling through this wearisome land. I've got a home in that yonder city, good Lord, and it's not, not made by hand. Jordan just to be my wearisome soul if I can just touch the hem of his garment good Lord then I know he'll take me home
not made by hand And it's not Not made by hand And it's not Not made by hand And it's not
And when the kids grow up and leave us We'll sit and look at that same old view Just we two Darby and Joan Who used to be Jack and Jill The folks who like to be called What they have always been called The folks who live On the hill
Yeah, Caravan Palace from their album. Oh my gosh, it's probably the most recent thing I've played besides Peter Hamill in all these years. Uh, <laughs> yeah, from their album uh, Panic! Not Panic at the Disco, Panic! Oh. Dramaphone, the ninth cut of the album. Uh, they're from France. This one came out in, believe it or not, 2012. Already, seems like a Seems like yesterday, but I like the way they incorporate old jazz and swing and, you know, with a tech beat. I think it's pretty cool stuff, and all their albums kind of reflect that, and uh, they pay homage to the likes of Django Reinhardt and uh, other uh, boppers over the years. Um, Teeny boppers. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. The video for the song is a lot of fun, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the mix is a little different on the video. Before that, Peter Hamill. The album's called In Translation. This was his... Um, I've been following Peter Hamill pretty much most of my life. Um, he's founder of Vandergraaf Generator. And uh, this one was called The Folks Who Live on the Hill. Jerome Kern and Oscar Hammerstein. Or is it Hammerstein? But anyway, kind of a bittersweet song. I guess he was looking for stuff to do. I, the world's... During COVID, it was uncertain, kind of still is uncertain, but the um, the image of the folks who live up on the hill with their big house and their white picket fence, the kids, and the dog was very much reminiscent of uh, post-war. Actually, this was a pre-war song, so this is 1937, pre-war USA and uh, post-war Europe. Uh, and, the, um, Hamill also has uh, some monies about Brexit, whatever your opinion is, but uh, he thinks UK's doomed with their Brexit release um, from the EU. I don't think so, but that's the first spin I've had from this album, so can't wait to hear the rest of it. Uh, some Hamill fans have blasted it, but most of the songs on the album are from the Italian canon which is why he's wearing his Italian football gear. So, soccer gear, that is. And before that, this is, the album was Soul Lift. It, it, with Johnny, uh, a guy named Rick Altizer, uh, got some old contemporary Christian stuff and even old white gospel music and uh, gave him sort of the Moby treatment without it being Moby. This album came out in 2000. Moby's Play came out in 1999. But I really like the treatment he, uh, Rick Altizer, the guy who created the album, gave to the Johnny Cash song, I'm a Pilgrim, which came from a an album that he worked with, with uh, uh, Ruben, what's his name? Ruben? Rick Ruben, the guy who founded the Beastie Boys and so on. Was it Rick Rubin? He didn't found the BC Blues, yeah, but he, he popularized he produced them. them. Yeah, so yeah. he did popularize them. Also worked with Neil Diamond and so on. Forgive me, it's a little later in, in the day, but uh, but that's how we started out the set. And uh, that album, Soul Lift, again, came out in 2000. Uh, Caravan Palace 2012, Peter Hamill, just a few weeks ago. At least I got it a few weeks ago from Europe. So that's... that's what I have for now, as, as I consider what to play next. Any questions, comments? 
I can't think of any questions or comments about those. I do have a comment about my next tune. It's by Parker Quartz. I saw them live in 2018. When this album, Wide Awake, was released. And it was in Philadelphia. And I was um, with my buddies. And they started playing the music. And everybody started going nuts. And then it caught me off guard. Did you, Masha, get knocked over? No, I didn't get knocked over. I knocked other people over. Oh, that's that's the spirit. Yeah, I, <laughs> it was my first mosh, and uh, and I um, I was caught by surprise, but I got used to it, and I've been having fun in mosh ever since. It was funny when I saw Dred Zeppelin down at Hammerjacks back in 1989. Yeah, here was a band doing reggae covers of Led Zeppelin songs, fronted by an Elvis impersonator. And there were youngsters in the crowd who just decided to mosh to it, and the guys in the band were just like kind of beside themselves. I mean, of course, it was fun to watch, but you know, we watched from the balcony. But uh, that was that was uh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, that sounds pretty fun. Were they beside themselves in a good way? Uh yeah, in a good way. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, consider Dread Zeppelin started out as a comedy act, but they're serious. They were serious musicians, and. They capitalized on doing Zeppelin in a, a reggae style man, and it was good inter- entertainment, I N N E R tainment, as Tord Elvis would say. But uh, there's so much fun. Mm-hmm. All right, and here comes, in case you forgot, Parkett Courts off their album Wide Awake. This is the title cut called Wide Awake. And I am still wide awake. Thank you. 
That last song just played was Giggy Ta, Whoever You Are, the second track off of their second album, Sacred Cow, released in 1996. Uh, I saw a CD of Giggy Ta, and it wasn't this CD. It was the first one. Yeah, the first it's one. Alleluia on it. Yep. It's somewhere in there. Yeah, so I uh, put it on iTunes, and then I played it on my iPod, and then... It got me curious. Well, first of all, I liked the album. I thought it was pretty neat and out there. I Didn't David Byrne find these guys? Um, One of the talking heads did, I think. So I I was fascinated to learn more, so then I looked them up. And I think David Byrne did um, did kind of discover them. And I think Good. At least it was his label. The Wackabop. Yeah, yeah. That he put them on. And then I was curious to see what their most popular song was, and it was Whoever You Are. So I looked at the music video, and it's, very it's a catchy. real catchy song, yeah. Very listener-friendly. Yeah. 
and uh, I'm sure you know the record company threw it against the wall to see if it would stick and uh, yeah it has a timelessness to it I mean it's been how long since it came out 1996 25 25 years ago yeah yeah that was before you were bored yeah Gay Guitar um it the band um well i guess they have a range from catchy to maybe experimental kitschy very kitschy stuff yeah yeah, yeah diff- avant-garde yeah, uh, yeah but it's kind of like sparks yeah it's kind of yeah yeah the fo- following some some sort of uh footsteps there with sparks uh but Gigita, I recommend them. And before that, uh, they might be Giants. Their 1990 album, Flood. That song was Birdhouse in Your Soul. That's track two off the album. This is turning into an oldie show. No, (laughs) not necessarily. We we had a range because before that, it was a 2018 album. Market Courts, Wide Awake. Now, you brought up a good point. Uh, when when we were playing the tune, the, 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 it wasn't very moshable. It was more like uh, dance music. And um, that song is more or less an outlier in their catalog. Their other stuff is uh, upbeat, kind of kind of punky, but um, but lighthearted punk most of the time. Mm-hmm. And the fast tempo stuff that's definitely very moshable. When I was at the show and they played this song, uh, we were not moshing to it, but we, everybody we, was just kind of hopping around. Oh, they had like point. a pogo stick. Yeah. Uh, they, ooh, so we, we ooh, were dancing ooh. around, hopping around, and it, it was a lot of fun seeing this song live, and they had a lot of fun on stage playing. Good. So it was one of the, it was a great show that I went to. It was a lot of fun. So, Excellent. Yep. 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 Jeez. What are you looking at me like that for? Oh, it's my turn. You. Yeah, it's your turn to play some. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna surprise you.
Yeah, Frank Zappa from the album Apostrophe. This was a, from a CD way back when. Ryko just thought it was a great idea to put two albums on one CD, but you lose compression and I mean, volume. We had to crank up the volume just to hear the darn thing. What's fun, what's great about the title cut from Apostrophe? It uh, it uh, features the talents of not just Frank Zappa but also Jack Bruce from Cream and West Bruce and Lang at the time and a guy named uh, Jimmy Gordon on the drums Jim Gordon was a session man in LA he was also a member of Derek and the Dominoes and a crazy man I think he killed somebody and spent some time in jail he's really really a screwed up cat and uh, just a reminder on rhythm guitar on that song was a guy named Tony Duran so uh, but it's 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 great jam before that uh, Cactus from their album Restrictions the opening cut uh, Evil was a Chester Burnett I think blues song and uh, it's just killer mm-hmm. you know half the guys in that band are gone from that incarnation of the band are gone uh, Tim Bogert died last year uh, Rusty Day the vocalist uh, uh, died many years ago but uh, uh, Atlantic Records was looking for the American answer to Led Zeppelin, and they decided it was Cactus, and uh, they just kicked some serious butt on the rhythm section. In the rhythm section, Tim Bogert and Carmine Apici, uh, Rust, uh, Jim McCarty on guitar. He actually got a lot of that uh, sounds out of a Les Paul, which is amazing, and uh, Rusty Day on vocals and harmonica. Hmm. Very good, and that I uh, was looking at the cactus notes, and that song was released in 1972. Uh, was apostrophe also released in 72? Seventy-three. Nineteen seventy-three. Yep. Seventy-two and seventy-three, respectively. Yep. So this is the win-win oldie show. Sometimes. No, actually, the music, honestly, it's timeless to me. Yeah. Uh, timeless to you. Good music is good music. It's part of my legacy to you, for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, played a couple songs tonight uh, pertaining to mortality, uh, the Kansas song. Uh, uh disappearing skin type blues and I am a pilgrim and uh, even though God may grant us uh, three score and ten or more to live 70 years more or less to live we're all on the same line basically and uh, and uh, the older I get the more I think about it and uh, sometimes I wonder where the lions are which will be a song for another week by Bruce Coburn but uh, even even Hamill released an album called Thin Air, which dealt a lot with uh, mortality, especially after the terror attacks of uh, uh, 2001, which we're coming upon the 20th anniversary of. Um, it's, um, it's a very sad record. And, but the older he gets, I, I really like his stuff. Um, I know I'm going to enjoy 
translation. Hardcore fans are just blasting it, saying it's a silly record. But uh, well, I think I've said this before, but um, hardcore progressive rock fans can be very nitpicky and um, not very fun. No, no, it's like yeah, I'm not a huge Rush fan, but I do like some other stuff like Tom Sawyer and and and, and ultimately it's guys like Mike Portnoy. Who does projects like like Cygnus and the Sea Monsters? They actually get me to appreciate groups like Rush a little more, um, and, and, and and so on. And Jazz is Dead. A group of cats got together and decided to do jazz covers of Grateful Dead songs, and because of that, I have developed a little bit of interest in the Dead. And Henry Kaiser, esoteric guitarist from, like I hope he's still performing, but. He, he did a, covered a lot of dead stuff that also piqued my interest in the Grateful Dead a little bit. And I'm looking for a copy. It doesn't have to be in great shape of American Beauty. The the most hardcore dead fans I know say it's their only the only album of theirs that they own, besides, of course, hundreds, if not thousands, of bootleg board mixes and stuff like that from shows, which is what deadheads really like to collect, true deadheads. Yeah. I've heard that Grateful Dead concerts are, well, they've always been kind of hit or miss. So you know, I went people, to one. Did you like it? It was different. It was um, it was down in D.C. at RFK Stadium. Yeah, I saw McCartney there. Saw you two there. I mm-hmm. uh, went to a World Cup game there, but um, mm-hmm. it was uh, the Grateful Dead touring with Bob Dylan and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Wow. And actually, it was a quite a good show. It was eye-opening for me with regards to uh, pretty women at the time and uh, the smell of patchouli and just the way they dance. They're just captivated, and they they become in, so ensconced in the music that they it, it takes them to another dimension, kind of. I guess. Maybe, <laughs> it's, maybe it's the weed. Could be, but I are the psychedelics. Um, what year was that that you went? Eighty six. Eighty six. Yep, I've seen Dylan a few times. It, particularly during his uh, evangelical Christian days, a Save tour. Yeah, it's such good stuff, and you know the guy. In my opinion, he's been. Uh, he's obviously. Uh, been a truth seeker his whole life and uh his word his lyrics are full of truth and he draws a lot from the the good book and uh and love him. Uh, you know it's not my favorite poem but he's the most uh he's definitely among the most thought-provoking guys and i heard some leonard cohen stuff last week that blew my mind so i'm gonna have to find some of his stuff and turn you on to it I, um, he passed away a couple years ago. Um, yeah. I would be glad to uh, to hear some Leonard Cohen. Yeah. I don't know who he is, but you can play some music and then I can get exposed to yeah. him. Yeah, he was a baritone vocalist. You know, he had a fedora on on stage or in a suit, uh, backed up by by. Uh, minimalist kind of ensemble very simple stuff he's a poet more than anything else but uh, 
he's a cult favorite, but uh, he made a song famous called Hallelujah. But I don't know if it was Wainwright who wrote it or Cohen. Cohen may have written it, Wainwright made it a hit, uh, and it's probably the most covered song of the last 20 years or so. My favorite version of that song just happens to be by a Swedish prog metal band called Pain of Salvation. It's really good. Hmm. The the vocalist for uh, Pain of Salvation is Daniel Gildenlow, and he's toured with Transatlantic a couple times as a as a as a backup musician and vocalist. Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen live stuff or live uh, videos of yeah. him. The Whirlwind DVD isn't that him? That would be. I think the Whirlwind was. I think it was him. If, if it wasn't him, it was Ted Leonard from Spock's Beard. Uh, there was a time when uh, when Gildalo was very ill. like He almost died, but uh, he, he's since bounced back. Uh, but uh, Ted Leonard from Spock's Beard filled in for him on one of the tours. I can't remember if it was that or Kaleidoscope. Maybe the Kaleidoscope tour. Yeah, it was Kaleidoscope. Yeah. Because yeah. I got a picture of everybody. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The whirlwind tour, yeah, it was definitely Gildenlow. Um, yeah, that was yeah, that was a good time up at the Kez. Yeah, great meeting time. The guys meet, meeting. Uh, well, I've met Neil, Neil several times before, but meeting uh, Mr. Stolt and Mr. Travis, Mr. Portnoy, mm-hmm. and Ted Leonard. Um, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. And Portnoy. Uh, He's only in his mid fifties, and he's he's said he hurts every day. He gets he, he's he's such a good guy, and uh, I hope he can play as long as he can. But his aggressive playing, you know, like Collins, the way Phil Collins played, it, it just wrecks a body. And uh, but he's a good guy. I hope God gives him the grace to keep going. I really do. Mm-hmm. So I don't have anything else for tonight because I know you got to go. Yep, I'm watching the dog. Watching the dog, watching the dogs. Yeah. Watching the dogs, watching the dogs. The dog's name is Izzy. So. Izzy, as in Israel? Uh, probably Isabel. Isabel, okay. Probably. Um, I don't know how many other things Izzy can be short for, but uh, yeah, I'm watching the dog for a few nights, and um, which should be all right. It's uh pretty yep. straightforward yeah uh so. but yeah i'm going to head over there edit edit the podcast and then yeah, it'll be out when it's out yeah no rush no rush we always enjoy putting it together and uh sometimes i have an idea of what i want to play and then everything changes it um it's it's been a blast doing this i mean you know this is the baker's dozen episode and uh it's uh, so good. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. Yep, and here's to many more. Yep, and uh, just to give you all a heads up, we appreciate you listening. But with uh, university university starting up soon and very soon, uh, there's a possibility you won't be hearing us every week. But uh, that still remains to be seen. We'll, we'll make. We'll do our best effort to make sure that you hear from us every week. Yeah. 
uh, we'll see. I, I don't want him to go too crazy with uh, busy, busy No, you still stuff. need to release. You need you need the music. Yeah, I need the music, but the editing is uh, is another deal. Well, I can look, download Audacity on my computer, and uh, you can send me the file by way of Dropbox, and I can edit it, too. I can learn how to edit. When I did mixtapes, I did editing. It took maybe three hours to do a 90-minute mixtape. It's pretty good for mixtapes. Yep, I think so. Maybe maybe longer. I had a Harman Kardon top load deck, which was unbelievably good for doing stuff like that. Um, it's the best two hundred dollars I ever spent. Not really, but it was still a good deal. It was like half price back in the day in the late seventies. Hmm. Gordon Miller Music got it at their Catonsville store. Hmm. Some guy named Bob Ehrlich uh, bought it. Or, or placed it on the hold but never picked it up. So, Governor Ehrlich, if you're wondering what happened to your Harmon card, and I bought it. <laughs> you sneeze, you lose. Yep, yep. So, anyway, that's it for us. Uh, I'm John. And I'm Nicholas. And this is the Win-Win Situation Podcast, signing off and saying bye and deals. Yep, we'll see you next week. Thank you.